this summer. Your local movie theater will become a tent revival for proclaiming Jesus. And you're invited to be a part of this unique evangelistic campaign. Join with believers nationwide for the Million Souls campaign to bring unsaved family and friends to watch the powerful new movie, The Firing Squad, starring Kevin Sorbo and Cuba Gooding Jr. The Firing Squad tells the incredible true story about prisoners who find faith in the face of execution and transform their prison in the process. As the movie ends, co-star Kevin Sorbo comes on the screen to lead the entire theater in a prayer to commit one's life to Jesus Christ, providing an on-site opportunity to introduce family and friends to the message of Jesus. Go to FiringSquadFilm.com and learn how you can receive free tickets and more to the Firing Squad and participate in this unique theater event. Bring your friends and your family and bring your faith. That's FiringSquadFilm.com to learn more. Uh, okay, so I think today is kind of like an important day in the, at least in the Glennon, in the Glennon Stew annals of time, because something I predicted back in the 90s happened today on the same day. Two different predictions happened on the same day. Yeah, and this goes back a couple of decades, uh, this one, and, you know, a lot of it, a lot of that had come true previously, but the... These are really specific examples. Very it, it, specific. It really makes you wonder how we're going to survive this next era. I, I, you know, I don't know what it I is. I learned this. I learned this from child counseling. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be some interesting times. I mean, I, I'm interested to see how that's going to work out. Wow. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's I pretty think good. I it? might go there. Yeah. I yeah. like it. It's going to be interesting to watch this yeah. all uh, unfold. Hey, it? we will have plenty to talk about. Yeah. That's we what will, I go back to all what? the time. The stories we will have to tell. Um, the laughs we will have right before they put the noose around everybody's neck. Um, anyway, uh, today's podcast is uh, really good. An amazing story from a mom in Arizona. Uh, she was called. Uh, her daughter called her crying on the phone mom they have me i've been kidnapped wait until you hear the full story on that uh that we also have chip roy on who is he's fighting he's ready he is ready to go and the transgender nonsense continues we have that and so much more on today's podcast in the 1960s 95 percent of the clothing americans bought was made right here today 97 percent of it is made someplace else if the supply chain breaks down with China, we're going to be we're going to be without pants. What are we going to do? Uh, it's a real problem because uh, you don't want to see a lot of people without pants uh, in America. This is why we welcome American Giant back as a sponsor this year. They they are all about putting America back to work. They're about good paying jobs that allow people to take pride in their hard work for what they do. Um, they're about opening up old factories and bringing modern technology back to America. They make one of the best hoodies you'll ever own. Guarantee it. You haven't seen one of these since they were making them like this back in like the 1960s when I was growing up. Uh, it's cotton that is grown here in America, milled in America, cotton sewn here as well. It's American Giant. You, you will have the, uh, you'll have the clothing that just never wears out. You're looking for great American clothing, American-Giant.com. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. You get a discount 
if you add the slash Glenn. American-Giant.com slash Glenn. Here's the podcast. Google released Bard in March. Stu's the only one that's used it. But this is how powerful it is. Microsoft, uh, was it Mike? No, it was Samsung, is going to Microsoft and, and probably going to stop loading the machines with Google as its default browser and go to Bing. Not confirmed yet. They, they're in a negotiation, but apparently Google was stunned. Of course they were. By the development. Wait a Bing minute, you're going away from Google? Bing has sucked forever. You're going to Bing? Yeah. And that was one of the things that made them really freak out about AI and caused them to release Bard, which is their version of AI, maybe earlier than was initially expected. And, uh, you know, having played with it a little bit, it's like, it does not seem like it's uh, ready, ready to go. So here is, here's the head of Google, because Bard was not ready. Anybody who uses it knows that. Uh, Bard is not ready. Uh, and they're just jamming things through the pipeline now, so they're not left in the dust. Well, uh, a Sunday on 60 Minutes, a show nobody watches anymore, the CEO of Google sat down and said, yeah, I mean, there's an aspect of this in which we call a black box. You know, we don't we don't fully understand how it comes up with uh, an answer. I mean, you can't quite tell why it said this or why it got it wrong. We have some ideas, and I'm sure our ability to understand this will get better over time. But uh, that's where the state of the art is. Okay, you're releasing something that is making decisions And you don't understand. One of the reasons, remember we told you this years ago, that Microsoft was dealing with a chat bot and it taught itself another language. It was was going two chat bots they put together and uh, they started talking to each other. And within, I think it was like 14 minutes, they started uh, teaching each other a language that no one watching understood by 17 minutes in it was all that language and they unplugged it okay you're not this is alien life you don't know how this is going to to end up um but google is like yeah but we don't understand the human mind either yeah so let's not introduce another one what do you say but there's no way to stop this. Now, Elon Musk is doing his best to get people to slow down on it. But I don't know how you do that. China's not going to do this. He was on with Tucker Carlson uh, last night, and uh, Elon Musk was talking about AI. He said, the dangers of AI could have a more detrimental impact than just elections saying it will have a calamitous impact on the existence of humanity in its entirety if it is not managed properly. So now let me me ask you a question. What do you do? Can we have this as just regular people? Not experts, just regular people. Because I trust regular people much more than I trust the experts lately. What do we do? 
Do we have the government put regulations in it so the government is involved in AI? Do we have the government, like the Manhattan Project, do we have the government just do it? Because they are doing it. They are involved. They will be the first recipient of anything that we have going on. Okay? And they're doing quantum computing, too. Do you feel comfortable with the government being the gatekeeper of who can use AI and who can't? Or if it gets too dangerous, they'll be the only ones to have it. I'm not comfortable with that. That's why I don't want China developing it. Are you comfortable with us saying we're going to put a moratorium on it and let China get it first? I'm not comfortable with that. So what is it we do? We fix ourselves. Look at what we're doing right now. We are working on something that is as game-changing as the Manhattan Project. And it's and it's as if we have, you know, they're going to, they're just about to put a red button on everyone's phone. So anyone could launch a missile. And we're like, that's cool. It's kind of scary, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I wouldn't put it on our phone if it look how convenient it is. I can win arguments. I just have to push the little red button. What are you crazy? It is that dangerous in the hands of wrong people. Told you yesterday how you could easily just collapse the banking system with this. Easily. Today, you could do that. No. Thank goodness, I don't. Well, I, I bet you people are working on it, but it's not happening yet. But it will. The invisible hand of the market, remember, is, is not a good or a bad hand. It depends on the people who are using it. The invisible hand of the market gives us what we want because of who we are. So what is it? Look around. What is it that we want? Power, money, fame. Wow. Control. Technology is just technology. It's like the Internet. It's going to be both good and bad. And you're never going to put the Internet back into its bottle unless you collapse, you know, energy, fry all the chips and you're just not able to make them anymore. You can't put it back in the bottle. The problem is not the gun. The problem is not in this case, it might be the app. But the only thing we can really change is ourselves. That's it. Did you see the poll that came out from a uh, professor who's been doing uh, a poll? He says 40,000 people have done this, uh, taken this poll. He said, I've run it several times and I keep getting the same results. Which universe is the better one? One with humans or one without humans? How do you think that was answered? 40,000 people took this poll. How do you think it was answered? You're not willing to say, huh? 
No, I mean, you know. the fact that you're bringing this up has to be that people are saying that it would be better without humans. Okay, no. Thank goodness, no. No? But it's 58 to 41. Okay. Okay. <laughs> closer than it should be. Yeah, a yeah. lot closer <laughs> than it should be. We are, we're, we're living with people. I'm going to give you one of the biggest stories of the day next hour about the latest in these crazy climate people on what they're saying about foodstuffs. These people, they will starve the world to death. They'll starve the world to death. And I think there's a lot of people that'll be like, okay, so what's wrong with that? That aren't thinking that, oh, you know, that might be you. We have to restore the the gods of the copybook headings. We have to restore those things that we knew to be true, eternally true. And it just starts in our own lives. It's not that hard. Well, yes, it is. It is actually really hard. I mean, especially when, I mean, have you heard? There's a new licking game where you can get children to lick whipped cream or marshmallow fluff on one side of plexiglass, and then you as an adult could lick on the other side. Yeah. It's just a game, Stu, that we're playing in schools now. Sounds it's just a game. totally normal. Yeah. Yeah. They're even screwing up marshmallows these days. That's, how, <laughs> that's the state of our world. Well, I will tell you, I think that started with Ghostbusters 1, but maybe that's just me. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Chip, how are you, sir? Glenn, how are you, sir? Good. I should I should actually pay more respect to you. I mean, I you're a chip to me, uh, but uh, congressman, it's good to have you on. Nah, nah. Look, we're <laughs> we're, uh, we're friends, and, okay. and uh, that means a lot. Look, at the end of the day, we get these titles. Titles don't mean much unless you earn it, and Congress needs to, needs to earn their titles. Yeah, we are we are. We're looking at a big battle. The The Republicans always fail on this. They always lose their spine at the last minute. And uh, and that's why we're in the mess we're in right now. You don't have any control or any levers of anything the administration is doing so they can spend and do whatever they want because you no longer have the purse strings. Well, look. We, the House of Representatives, do control the purse strings. What we, Congress, have historically done was given the, the president too much power and not use those purse strings to rein in the president. This is at the center of what we're talking about. Right now, I believe the speaker has done a good job laying out the baseline. Uh, I don't mean the baseline in a budget sense, but the sort of the floor, which is we need to go back to 2022 levels of spending, which to restrain the bureaucracy. We could cut it back to pre-COVID levels, basically. But then we need to be very specific about trying to undo the damage that this president has been doing, both in terms of legislation that has passed as well as executive action. We need to undo the damage of the Inflation Reduction Act, so-called, which has all of these ridiculous green subsidies, which would destroy our ability to have economic growth and energy freedom. We need to undo the damage of the IRS proposal, which will hang these bureaucrats going after the American people who are trying to just go through their life and sick tax agents after them. We need to make sure that we're going to 
you know, peel back some of these executive actions, like the president's trying to get in the way of states who want to deal with their own decisions on the transgender bathrooms or the pistol braces and other things that affect our freedoms. These are all things we can be doing. The World Health Organization needs to be stopped. You and I have talked about that a lot. It's ridiculous. These are things that we can do using the power of the purse. Now, I'm not saying we get all of that, but Republicans better damned well fight for those things, force it as far as we can get it, and then you got to figure out when you got an off ramp and then go back and get some more. But under no circumstances should we pass a long-term debt ceiling increase to mortgage our kids' future without getting substantive changes like the ones I just outlined. And we're right in the middle of having those debates right now. And internally, so what is the mood from the Republicans? Look, we, it, this is all difficult, right? I mean, I, I don't. I, I, I want to be honest. I, Speaker McCarthy has a tough job. I'm not trying to give him an excuse. It is hard. We had a good conversation this morning. We laid out an outline that I think is a good uh, framework, okay? There are still some things we need to address. For me, for example, the Inflation Reduction Act with all of the green subsidies, which are basically giveaways, largely to big corporations, advancing leftist causes, you know, enriching them, undermining our national security, undermining our energy security, driving up the cost of your energy, you know, putting in place all these ridiculous requirements. They've got cafe standards now that try to require all battery-driven fleet cars by 2030. How are you and I going to drive around Texas with that and afford it? These things we have to stop. So some of this is going to take a willpower to drive a larger agenda on this um, beyond just the sort of dollars and cents we normally get trapped in in a debt ceiling fight. Reducing spending is part of it. But we're going after a woke weaponized bureaucracy, undermining your freedom, undermining economic growth, undermining the well-being and national security of this country, all in the name of a climate fetish agenda driven by radical leftists that this president is fueling. We have to stand in the way of that. I think we've got a lot of the makings there, but I'm going to be blunt. There are a handful of folks in our conference who get a little wobbly. You know it. It always happens. And we're having to hold the line. Same debate is occurring on border security, by the way where a handful of people want to undermine our ability to actually get transformative change. We're not going to do that. We want to be like Democrats were in Obamacare. Yes. They didn't care. They took it to the limit. We need to stand up and take it to the limit. This is, I mean, we are about to see uh, a big change on the border to the negative uh, here in, in the next. Title 42. Yeah. yeah title 42. That, that is, that's really going to make things really bad uh on the uh on the border who who is it that is trying to well you don't have to tell me but oh i will uh, find I'm not gonna out name names. i'm not going to name names yet but yeah. i promise you we're either going to pass good bill or we're going to or we're going to have a vote and then you'll know because there'll be a voting record we're not going to do anything in between we need to pass a good bill we need to have the provisions that will stop the releases into our country in violation of law that are the magnet that are causing the cartels to make profit, that are undermining our national security, endangering Americans, endangering migrants, killing migrants, driving fentanyl into our communities. We need to stop it. We can. We've got to have the willpower to do it. Over 200 Republicans agree that we need to do it. There's a small block, and we're working through it in good faith. I'm not going to go pointing fingers. We're working through it in good faith. I think we're going to move a good bill through the Judiciary Committee tomorrow that would do the job. But we're going to have to see how things unfold over the next week or two based on what we get through. Is there is there any kind of uniting things on agencies like 
just slashing the uh, Department of Education or justice because of all the lies that are coming out. Is there any is there any rock that everybody will rally around when it comes to the Republicans? Well, uh, I will say this. We right now have a pretty good level of agreement probably even 218, to say that we should return to 2022 spending. Now, I want you to think about that. To do that and keep our spending for defense up where we need it to be to fight China. I mean, we need to gut all of their, you know, non, you know, mm-hmm. their de, you know DEI and all their woke stuff. Yeah. But we still need the spending. If you do that, then you return non-defense spending to 2019 pre-COVID levels. That's a pretty good whack at the bureaucracy. Now, I mean, it's not like 2019 was the paragon of virtue for, you know, federal well, better than this, but it's better than this. If we do that, that's a pretty good whack at the bureaucracy across the board. Now, once you appropriate, will you target that at the new FBI headquarters, restricting the justice woke programs, go after the garbage at the Department of Education that's, you know, poisoning the minds of our kids, go after the garbage at the Department of Interior or EPA that are undermining our ability to produce you know, wealth and, and, and grow the economy. We can do a lot of that, uh, but you do that in the appropriations process. Right now, what we're doing is saying, we're going to set the caps, let's go return to 2022 level spending, and then let's identify those demons. But we're doing that right now in all of our messaging. You know them, you do it every day on the show. Why do you need a $3.5 billion new headquarters for an FBI that has been undermining our security and targeting us? Correct. I don't think we should do that. So what happens? It leaves the House, it has to go to the Senate, and then... What's the Senate going to do? Well, I mean, you know what they're going to do. They're going to balk. They're going to say this is going to, like, kill, you know, babies and, you know, orphans and women and old people. I mean, you know, it's what they always do. And I just try to train Republicans. Don't care about that. Own it. Know they're going to do it. You know, relish it. Um, Bathe in it and send it over to them unapologetically. If we try to balance the budget in 10 years, which would be an unbelievable undertaking to accomplish, actually, it's really mathematically difficult, you're going to still have a massive amount of debt pile up, right? We're still going to have, we're going to raise the debt to like 50 trillion. Jeez. You know, we're, right? In other words, that's, that's if we do the hard work of balancing in 10 years. So we're going to try to send over a responsible first year spending on the back of a debt ceiling increase. Say, you guys want us to increase the debt ceiling a trillion or two trillion dollars? Then you're going to reset the baseline. We're going to reduce spending from the bureaucracy. We're going to get the bureaucracy out of the way. We're going to recoup some of this COVID money. We're going to end the $500 billion of student loan that would just save $500 billion instantly in deficit for 2023. All of those are things that we can go do if we fight for. Send it over to the Senate. Make them own, you know, uh, favoring a, a, a rich kid who got student loan stuff or whatever over a, over a plumber or, the, or, the, or favor the person who hasn't paid off the student loans versus the person who has. Mm-hmm. Make them be in favor of the IRS. We're against, you know, growing the IRS. Make them be in favor of the FBI bureaucrat labeling parents as domestic terrorists. We're in favor of not rewarding them and getting them focused on their actual task of going after real criminals. We can win these messages if we go take it to them. It is a woke, weaponized government undermining your liberty that needs to be thwarted if we're going to save America. And that's our goal here. If you don't, do they understand uh, the GOP is about to lose any brand loyalty? There's just I mean, it's that's barely there. But I mean, I agree. Well, you know, uh, it, it's over if you guys don't do things. At this time, at, when it's this bad, why would you even ever give to the GOP? 
Well, let me just say this. Um, I believe in results, so I don't like telling you what's being said because it doesn't matter, right? What matters is what we do and what we get done. I will tell you in the private conversations from the speaker down, there is a firm recognition that our constituents expect us to do at least two things, but, you know, dozens more, but at least two things. One, secure our border and try to force the administration's hand to do it and give the tools to the next president to do it, but secure our border. And two, dramatically cut spending and change the trajectory of the deficit pileup that's funding the bureaucrats that's undermining our freedom. Those two things must be dealt with, or the Republican Party is going to be in the ash heap of history. Yeah, There are many other things we need to do. I mean, you and I can go list them. But if we don't do those two things, we are dead man walking. And I will say, the Speaker has effectively said that. So have a, nor- a number of other folks that you may not expect in the conference accepting and understanding that. We're trying to work in good faith. We're a quarter into this. We've passed a number of good bills. You know, we're debating a bill right now to try to make sure that they can't discriminate against, you know, our girls in sports by allowing these, you know, transgender folks yeah. to undermine the, you know, uh, Riley, you know, gains and the others of the world. So, you know, we're doing some things that are important. But Title 42 is coming. Our border is wide open. It's coming to summer. We got to do something about it. And the spending is out of control. So we got to get busy. How can we help you? Just keep the heat up. Make sure everybody out there knows. Make your and look and support the congressmen who are in tough districts. Let them know you'll have their back. Let them know you're not just going to yell at them. You can say, "Look, go fight for the things you said you do. Cut the spending, secure the border, and I'll come support you. We'll get out and get you reelected." But most importantly, is just keep the heat up, keep the prayers coming, uh, keep the faith. Right, Second Timothy uh, four seven. We're supposed to fight the fight, keep the faith. Um, you know, finish the race, not in that order. But um, that's that's what we're supposed to do. Okay, Chip, thank you very much. Appreciate it. I would. God bless, uh, uh, God bless you. Uh, I would highly, highly recommend. Now is the time to make a call to your congressman and just say, "Hey, just heard Chip Roy on." Uh, I want to back you up. I mean, I'm hoping that our congressman is the one that's going to be fighting with uh, with uh, Chip to get these things done. We just want you to know you do that. We have your back. If we can flood them with positive stuff, because they're used to hearing the bad things. If we can flood them with positive stuff, maybe maybe we can get this uh, get this through because it has to. It has to. If we don't if we don't cut the budget and Cut the size of this out of control um, uh, government. We don't survive as a nation. We don't. And we're putting all of our money in the wrong places. China is about to open a can of whoop ass on us. And what are we doing? What are we doing? The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I heard a story the other day. Um, it's it's truly uh, amazing. I think it was first reported um, out of uh, Arizona family, um, and these these two writers they do this incredible interview with this mother who went through hell. Your this is a story that is showing you. The future, Jennifer De, 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 
DeStefano is with us. Um, and she is uh, married and mother of four. And she had an incredible experience when her phone rang and she almost didn't pick it up. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Hi, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me. This, this is so crazy. When I read this, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the future. Um, tell me what happened. Yeah, it was horrifying. I, um, my daughter was uh, training for a ski race. And um, so she was away with my husband and my younger son as he competes as well. And I was uh, with my younger daughter who had rehearsal. So I um, got a phone call and I saw it come up as I was getting out of my car as an unknown number. So um, I first was not going to answer, but then I thought, well, that could be a medic or could be a doctor, a hospital and Bree is training. So, um, you know, in case she got hurt, I should answer it. So I had my phone on speaker as I was carrying some things inside to meet my younger daughter uh, at dance. And all of a sudden, uh, my daughter, Brianna's voice says, Mom, and she's sobbing and crying. And she is a very specific type of sob and cry. She's not a wailer. She's not a screamer. She doesn't freak out. It's very internal and controlled. And so I didn't doubt for one second it was her. So it's her voice saying, Mom, and she's crying and sobbing. And I said, What happened? What's going on? She goes, Mom. I messed up and she's still sobbing and crying. So I'm thinking she got hurt. I'm like, what, what do you, what happened? What's going on? All of a sudden I heard a man's voice say, lay down, put your head back. So I thought she was being gurneyed or tobogganed or something down mm-hmm. the mountain. And then she goes, mom, mom, these bad men have me, help me, help me, help me. And this guy comes on full voice and her face in the background face. And it's her pleading and sobbing and crying for help. And he goes, listen here, I have your daughter. Um, you're not going to call the police. You're not going to talk to anybody. If you do, I'm going to pump her stomach so full of drugs. I'm going to have my way with her and I'm going to drop her in Mexico and you'll never see your daughter again. Even talking about it still makes me, um, it still gets me. But anyway, so I, at that point I had her on speaker and I, I was walking into my other daughter's studio. Um, and I just started screaming for help. It was after hours. So I knew my younger daughter was there with at least one teacher, um, I didn't know there was a couple other moms and a couple other students there. And so the moms came around me and heard all of the things that he was threatening to do and what was going on. And so one jumped on the phone and called 911 with her phone. Um, I asked, I was trying to text my older son. I was trying to text my other kids, my daughter, you know, find Bree. Where's Bree? What's going on? Where's your dad? Find your dad. Um and while shaking, the other mom went and grabbed my younger daughter's phone because my daughter was just paralyzed listening to what, all the things he was saying mm. and um, tried contacting my husband um, to find out where he was and where Bree was. And they were at, they asked happy. for a million dollars at that point? They asked for a million dollars, which wasn't going to be possible. Uh, he got really angry with me, um, and then he demanded $50,000, and so I said, okay, um, just, and I wanted to talk to my daughter again. He wouldn't let me talk to her again, though. Um, and that's when we found out from 911 that there was this AI scam going on that's being used and that this is pretty common, which we were horrified to hear, but that gave us some hope. Um, but still, I, I didn't know for sure if that was what was happening. So uh, I asked him for wiry instructions or how he wanted me to get the $50,000 for him. And he refused a wire and he was demanding that I was going to be personally picked up. 
and I was going to be transported in a van with a bag over my head with the cash to my daughter. And if we didn't have all the money that both of us were going to be dead. And he wanted to make arrangements to come physically pick me up. Um, So at that point we had the police on their way. And then finally we were able to get my husband on the phone with, uh, and he was able to locate and make sure that my daughter was safe and in his possession But her voice was so real that I couldn't, I didn't believe that he really had her and that she was really safe because her voice, I was like, I just spoke to her. How can she be there with you? And how can she be there with these guys? I don't understand what's going on. And my brain just could not process that um, as they kept trying to reassure me that she was safe until they finally handed me the phone and I was able to talk to her and she I reaffirmed that she was safe and she was with dad and what's going on. And then that's when I got back on the phone with those guys and called them out on the scam, which they kept denying was a scam. And then I hung up on them. Is in uh, this is incredible. So if, if anybody missed it in the audience, this was an AI uh, representation of her daughter. How did they get the, how did they get the, 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 um, the sound to be able to reproduce her voice. Yeah, I've racked my brain on that. Um, my daughter's not very big on social media, and all any accounts she has is private. I mean, her TikTok account is thirty-two followers, so um, she uh, she has done some interviews, some sports interviews. She's an athlete. She does have uh, a public photographer like account from when she did some modeling for some outerwear and skiing, but. Not, but the voice, the crying, the sobbing is where I can't even find anything that where they, I'm not sure. And so that's, what's really haunting for me is I can't figure out that piece of the puzzle. I don't know where they got that. I'm going to see if some of our guys can look into that because that, that is disturbing that they can do that. Um, Did they catch the guys? Uh, They're not looking into it. So unfortunately, because um, you know, there was no transaction of money and there was no physical kidnapping. Um, there's nothing that can be done. So it's written up as a prank call. Oh my gosh. Oh my so when gosh. I talk, when I talked to the police, it was, um, you know, we can have an officer call you if you feel unsafe just to reassure you that you're safe, but there's nothing that can be done. Wow. Did they say how often this is happening? They did not, but they did say that um, this isn't the first report they've had of it, um, but that there's nothing that they can do. Um, when I put it out, I put it out on next door just as a warning because um, I didn't know if it was targeted to our area. I didn't know where the targeting was coming from. All of a sudden, all these other people started coming forward with their stories, including my own mother called me, and she had never told me this before, but um, my brother's voice was used to call her to say that he had been injured in a car accident and that he needed money. And she's hard of hearing, so she asked them to keep repeating because it wasn't making sense to her. And the way they spoke to her and they kept saying, Mom, don't you recognize me? That kind of tipped her off that something funny was going on. And so she told them to go find their real mother and hung up on them. But wow. And my brother's not anywhere. His voice isn't anywhere I can think of either. So he's, he's my age. He's in his 40s. So I, it you know, goes so far and so wide and so deep in so many different areas. The good news is for my wife, if they kidnap me because my voice is everywhere, she'll be like, take him. 
Mexico? <laughs> Fine. Can you take them further? That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer, thank you for sharing this. Um, what an amazing story. Thank you. Thank you for bringing awareness so we can hopefully stop this. Yeah. Thank you. Jennifer thank you, uh, Stefano. she's a mom in Arizona. That's the, the, that is the first time I've heard of an AI crime using artificial voice. I mean, that's going to work against a lot of people. Oh, oh my gosh. Imagine how terrified you'd be, especially oh. when they're saying you can't get off the phone. You know, you, 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 there's no way to, you're making judgments about massive life changing decisions in moments where you're totally out so of sorts. You just said, you said to me two hours ago, um, I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, but you were like, I said, this is, this is as powerful as, the nuclear bomb when we invented it, right. it's going to change the world that much, except we all have a little red button on our phone. Yeah. Okay. And you said, you really think it could change that? Look at the damage done today with just that. Imagine bots set out to do as many as they can of this in one day where you have, 50,000 people in America mm -hmm. get a call like that on the same day and on the same day. You would even be able to automate the kidnappers voices. Yeah. You don't even need to would. have people on the other side of the phone no. line. Just, you know, stick, uh, you know, the, the account information or whatever in there. And and who knows how many people would wire five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars to try to make sure that this is not happening to their kid. I, uh, you know, and we see these hacker type of situations where. State governments, city governments are paying, actually, the hackers. They're actually doing it. When it, They're actually paying ransoms. When did I say to you there's going to come a time that you won't believe your eyes or your ears? Oh, gosh. It was very early on in the show you said that. And, you, you know, you, I mean, almost all of the things that you came up with have come true or at least are almost true. So that was at least 20 years ago. Yeah. Okay. At least 20 years ago. When when she said this, I didn't realize it until the middle of it. I looked at Stu off air and I said, you won't believe your eyes. As I thought about that while she was talking, I thought of something else. Today is the day that the Sony um, uh, photograph of the year. Oh, OK, yeah. mm -hmm. beautiful photograph. The guy won photograph of the year. It's a world competition photograph of the year from Sony. And he just admitted today, I can't accept the award because that's AI. And I thought we should talk about how good AI is. Today is the day you cannot believe your eyes. Sony didn't Jeez. pick it up. And you cannot believe your ears. That's bizarre. Uh, wow. And how could we, if Sony can't detect it, how are we going to be able to tell what is real and what is not? We don't have, I, I, and my, my typical conservative complaint reaction to this has been like, well, we used to have institutions that would be able to decipher these things and you could trust them. And now we don't yeah. have those. Well, but I mean, Sony it's not like they were, weren't trying to figure this out. They just didn't know. They couldn't decipher it. Uh, th how, how on earth are we going to be able to tell what is true and what is not? I'm screwed. I'm buying, I'm buying a shack. 
Uh, what's Idaho like these, this time of year? <laughs> if we could get Idaho to be warmer, uh, yeah, and that should be a lot warmer. Yeah, that's the problem. Warmer. That's yeah. the, I need to I need to find the place like the Unabomber Shack land that has a beach. That's what I need. Where's that? Is that a place? I need. Well, I, I think you want a shack on the beach. I'm. You just wait California out for a little while longer, and they'll all be shacks on the beach. Na, 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 na.